the launch was at the Yorktown Market Days, and that's a really neat location because it's right in Yorktown on the water, on the waterfront, the boardwalk or whatever you call it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living a Life Through Books. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and we are doing yet another Where Are They Now episode. As you know from our last time, it's a way for me to catch up with authors who have already been on my podcast. Today, we have Amy Voltaire, the author of My Name is Erin and My Mom is an Addict. Let's get straight to it. Amy Voltaire, welcome back to Living a Life Through Books. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you. I see you're in your closet. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's the ongoing joke. I tell my husband I'm going in the closet or I'm coming out of the closet. So yeah, I love it. I love the patterns in your clothes too. It's so pretty. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, um, let me see. Look at that. That's beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful. It's, uh, what I wear for like fancy stuff. And anyway, so how have you been? I've been good. How about you? I've been I've been good. I um I do want to say thank you for listening to my podcast. Oh, I I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I listen I love the interviews and just the different people you have on there and it was so cool to hear the British <laughs> I was like, "Oh, a British person." <laughs> Andrew Siegel, I just talked to him and then now I'm talking to you. So, tell me, where are you now? I'm, I don't mean literally by location. I mean your book. How far has Erin gotten? How's the original book doing? What are plans for writing another a sequel? Anything? Tell me. Okay. So uh, the launch was April 27th. And I think we talked before that. And uh, you actually scheduled the podcast for coming out at that time, which was so cool. Thank you. You're Um, very welcome. So I guess um, I sold a a lot of books at the launch. A lot of my friends and family came, so that was very exciting. It was a little bit overwhelming because I'm a one-task person, and when I have a lot going on around me, I get a little scatterbrained and nervous and anxiety, but Overall, it went really well, and I enjoyed myself. My brother came and visited me. He drove seven hours from his home in Pennsylvania. Aww. So that was really special. And then one of my other brothers came, and he bought five books. So I think it was Yay! <laughs> yeah, so that was really cool. Since then, I've done some farmer's markets. The launch was at the Yorktown Market Days, and that's a really neat location because it's right in Yorktown on the water, on the waterfront, the boardwalk or whatever you call it. Okay. And then Smithfield Farmer's Market is one, and it's beautiful there. It's so quaint, and it's like going into a whole different era. It's just, it's beautiful. Oh, Uh, wow. I Actually, the very exciting thing, too, was I got to go. My publisher, I don't like to travel at all. Uh Uh-huh. Talked me into going to the ALA convention, which is the American Library Association convention. Okay. In Washington, D.C. Very cool. Ever. Yeah, it was really neat. For the first time ever, I took a train. I'd never been on a train before. It wasn't like the Harry Potter train, though, unfortunately. It no. Was, yeah, it was Amtrak. There were there were no birdie bots, no candy cart or anything like that, but that's okay. 
so I went there and I got to sign books at the uh, convention. Awesome. Me, yeah. So, because a lot of librarians go there, so uh huh. You go. You actually, well, some people sell their books, but if you want to get them into the hands of librarians, you you give them away. So I I think I my publisher actually carried the books up there for me, and I think she brought like thirty books, and it's been a lot of things like that, festivals, and uh, we went to a book festival in Richmond. The books on Amazon and also, um, like Barnes. It's pretty much everywhere on the internet. Um, really very cool. She went through Ingram as the distributor, which I don't understand any of that stuff myself, which that's why I have her. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You can pretty much look up the name and you can buy, I think it's even available at Walmart and target. So, um, let me see what else. Well, I started writing, the sequel. I had a lot of really good feedback on Aaron. A lot of people liked her. And mm-hmm. so my brother, which it was funny, he doesn't care for fiction that much. He was one of my first beta readers and he was like, I, I liked it. I really, I, I liked it. I wanted, I didn't want to leave. He was supposed to go golf with one of our other brothers. He was like, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay home and see what happened. He said, I wanted to see what happens next with them. He said, well, I'll just, I'll kind of write a sequel. This one, I, I think I'm about maybe 25,000 words in right now. Okay. And, uh, it's actually, it's Aaron's mom is in it, uh, but this is not, the focus isn't really on their relationship, although I talk about it. I, there was a girl that I met at the Smithfield Market Days. Okay. I think it's Smithfield Farmer's Market, that's what it's called, and I don't remember her name, but I wouldn't say it anyway because, but I actually wrote a blog about her. She was a little 15 year old redheaded girl. And, mm-hmm. uh, when she walked up to our table, she had all over her lips. She had this, she'd been eating a red snow cone. Oh. And <laughs> you know how funny it looks when like toddlers get into their mother's lipstick and they get oh, it all yeah. their lips. Oh. Oh. You know, if she walked up, that's the first thing I saw. And, um, oh. she, uh, ended up, I thought she was with maybe her grandparents or something. As it turns out, they were her foster parents. Oh, and when I was talking to her, it was summertime and I looked down and she had cut marks all over her arms. Oh no. Yeah. And I said um, to myself, you know, oh my gosh, she's, you know, she does self harm. And then of course the thinking about, well, she's in foster care. There's no telling what she's been through that led her to where she is now. And I couldn't stop thinking about her. So one of my friends at work, he said, what are you going to write about next? And I said, I don't know. I'm, Aaron's going to, it's going to be a continuation with Aaron. I said, but I really just don't know. And he said, well, why don't you write about the little redheaded girl? And I said, ding. I was, oh my gosh, that's a fantastic idea. So she's in it too. Right now, one of the main focuses of the story is Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. So, and what's going on in his home life. And then the red had a girl is, is brought in. She's her name's Abby. That's what her name's going to be. Um, okay. So anyways, that's where I'm at. And I kind of, I'm, I'm just typing along and it's like, I, I guess it's going to go where it goes. I don't even know. I'm not a plotter. I just kind of get an idea and start writing about it. So I don't know what's going to happen. And um, that's great. That's just great. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm just like I'm waiting for something like to ha- one one kind of things happen. I don't know with Aaron the story arc. I didn't even know when I wrote it what 
a story arc was. When I went to school, it was called the climax. Okay, you know? right. Uh huh. Yeah, and that was. But so, the first person, um, the lady that uh, edited my book, she said, "Oh, I like how you have several story arcs." You know, and and I did okay. it when I wrote it that way. I wrote it because I wanted it to be realistic. Right. You know, and real things can happen and you have arcs, but in life, Mm -hmm. our lives have arcs all, you know, every day we have, you know, something going along just straight along and then it starts to climb and things start to happen. And then you hit what I call the climax and then you go back down. So it was a bunch of little story arcs. And, um, I think that's probably what's going to happen with this because it's just real life. But the exciting thing is Sorry, I'm like blah 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 blah. No, no, no. I'm I'm kind of like, tell me more. I'm just kind of like sucked in. I'm just like staring at the screen, going, "Oh my gosh, tell me more." <laughs> it's like, well, so that's I don't know what's going to happen with that book, but what's happening with Aaron right now is I just received. I haven't I haven't gone through them yet, but I just received the last chapters of the audio book. Okay. Yes, it's um I had posted a picture of the book's cover. And I was talking about because one of my publishers, another author friend, mm-hmm. and she read my book and she said, oh, my gosh, it was so not what I expected. And she said, and I said, was the cover because it, it kind of looks a little dark. I mean, there's a, a syringe on the cover, you know, and right. Said, yeah, that might have had a little bit to do with it. So I thought, well, you know, I didn't mean for it to be that dark, but it's a serious issue. And I wanted, you know, to that's that's what they they shoot up. So. Mm-hmm. A lady named Jillian Yetter, she said, you know, actually the cover was what kind of got my attention and made me want to read it. And she said, I do narrations if you're ever interested. You know, there's a website called ACX. Okay. So I said, okay. I said, you know, I don't really have that in my budget right now. Unbeknownst to me, there are narrators who will do what's called, uh, I think it's called profit share, where you split your royalties from the finished audio book with the narrator. Half and half. Okay. Oh, okay. So I thought, well, I've spent so much money on marketing and things like that, that it was not in my budget to do an audio book. But then I just got curious and I went on there and I saw that you could do profit share. Mm-hmm. So I put it up there for auditions and I let Jillian know. So she and two others auditioned for it. And I let some of the people that were my friends, I sent them clips over text and I said, tell me which one you like best. And it, they, uh, and they all like, they all picked different. I was like, okay, we can't have a tie here, you know, something. Right. But, um, anyway, so they, they selected Jillian and, uh, she's done a fantastic job. I cannot even imagine. I was thinking about it. She has to, when she narrates, she has to get the words right. She puts in a lot of emotion and it, she nailed everything. It's like in my mind, when Aaron's being a little bit sullen, she's speaking sullenly, you know, and then she has to switch up voices. She goes from narrator to a male character to right. Aaron. To Absolutely. Yes. Grandpap. She's done an amazing job. I went through and I just kind of like typed up, you know, I think the only thing that she really did every once in a while was like she would misspeak. And a lot of times it actually made the book sound better, <laughs> you know, okay. sound more natural. She might say gonna instead of going to or whatever, but it made it actually sound better. So I was like, Oh, I'll just leave those. But 
other than that, I'm, I can't believe how, how great of a job she's done and her voice. She's just, she's awesome. So I am so excited for that to come out. That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, it's that's so that's and I'm trying to think if there's anything else going going. Oh, I went to um, they had a, a middle school bazaar, the PTA at Queens Lake Middle School. And I took my niece, my great niece, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me. Her name's Marissa. And um, I said, do you want to go? And she said, oh, yes, she she loves the book. So we went and um, she helped us set up and everything. And she we were sitting there and her a little group of her friends went by and she kind of watched her watch them go by and hey wave at them and everything and then they came uh-huh. back by and she went looking the other way when they, I said do you want to go hang out with them and she said really and I said well Uh-oh. yeah and oh I didn't want to be rude and I said no go have fun I said look just don't leave the building and don't get kidnapped because Ashley will be, that's my niece. Ashley, I said, Ashley will be mad at me. <laughs> right. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so she had a minor detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't go get kidnapped or anything like that. Um, so she had a fantastic time. And then I think uh, we're doing my, I'm going with my publisher to the book warehouse next. Mm-hmm. I have to check my calendar. I think it's next weekend. So it's a lot of fun stuff going on and basically just trying to get some writing in. I took a couple of days off. Um, I'm off Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, so I can try to get some extra writing in because it's been hard with the holidays and working and everything like that. Yeah. It can be very hard. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. You were going to put me in touch with your publisher. I know it's on my, the balls on my court. I have to uh, get through a lot of the authors and I have to read their books and then talk to them. So it's, time-consuming, and it's been a little slow for me. Slow as in reading slow. It's just so much going on. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're a busy person, that's for sure. It, it's interesting as far as talk, interviewing. I feel like I went through a time in the podcast where there weren't too many interviews, and then all of a sudden it's like when it rains, it pours. Yeah. <laughs> And now I, I don't even know how many I, I have to. Every time someone says something, I put a sticky on my calendar. I think I have about seven or eight in line. Oh, wow. Wow. And it's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's like, <laughs> You're doing great. Well, thank you. And and I'm doing the regular crazy bookish podcast. Yeah. So you've got your podcast. Then you have a business. You're, you're a doctor, dentist. Oh, oh yeah, minor detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, then you're reading all these books and doing the interviews and doing the podcasts. That's, I, I don't know how you find time. Well, I don't either. I think it's called insanity, but, you know, I've told you that before. It's just minor insanity, but no problem. <laughs> well, you know, you're... You're, you're, I don't even know what it's called. Back, I would, I'm showing my age here. Back in the day, okay, when CB radios, it was called your handle. Like if you had a name, okay, so like yours is living a life through books, right? You're, you're living, you're living, you know, that's it's busy, but you're, you're living, yes, I am, and through books because it's been a life-changing experience in in so many ways I bet that it is so neat to get to meet all these different people and talk to them it's like going to another 
you know, like almost traveling virtually or something. It's just, it's really interesting. It is. And you know what else is all you authors are very motivational. Believe it or not, the more interviews I'm doing, the more I'm thinking to myself, well, why haven't I written my book yet? Why haven't I finished it? Well, I know why I stopped writing it, but that was 15 years ago. So I keep thinking to myself, what's your excuse? You know, here's Amy Voltaire. She's got On Writing by Stephen King. She follows it to a T and she writes X number of words a day. You have other writers who are full-time practitioners. They're in their job and they're writing. So I keep thinking, what's my excuse? And I don't know yet, but I'll let you know when I get one. Well, you know, it took me almost 50 years to actually, well, of course, when I was a baby, I couldn't write. So we'll, we'll give me a, you know, a little bit more leeway, but sure, at least 30 years of saying, I'm going to write one, I'm going to write one. And then, you know, I, I initially started writing probably about seven years ago, I started writing one and then I started dating somebody and I kind of let that throw me, I, you know, I was like, well, I can't hang out with somebody and just write. So I put it to the side and that's, and I'd already read on writing once or twice by then. Uh-huh. And that's when I learned that when he says write every day, uh-huh. I understand why now, because when you, when I went back, it was like, I read the whole story, which I'm not supposed to do that either. Uh, well, I didn't even, hadn't finished the whole story, but I read everything I've written and I was like, oh, this is stupid. I hate it. And I said, I'm just not doing it. And so I, I never, I never finished it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if, if you can, you know, it, whenever you get time or can make time, you know, just try to write. And you know what? I've been cheating a little bit because okay. I, haven't, I haven't been getting 2000 words a day in. I haven't had time. So I just I've just sat down and write some nights. I've only got four or five hundred words. But uh, what what can you do? You can't write. Time is limited. <laughs> what do you do? Like, what if I wrote a thousand words today and three thousand tomorrow and five hundred the next day and three thousand five hundred the next? You know, it's still two thousand a day average, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what when I the first day I started writing, I actually I sat down and I wrote six thousand words, and I was like, ooh. So then the next couple of days when I didn't have time to write as much, I was like, oh, well, that's okay. I already, I did 6,000. So it evens out. <laughs> so you got three days in the bag. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My, my issue is I have a novel that's at 80,000 words. Good grief. And that's when I stopped. I was writing every day. I have the entire structure. I have everything written down timelines, months of when this took place and events took place and the whole nine yards. And yeah. Is it, how many more words are you trying to, I mean, is it close to? I would would say it's about 75% done, but that was 15 years ago. So I really don't know how to go about it because I'm thinking to myself, I feel I need to read what I have written. Oh, yeah. Because this part of the story, when I look at my notes and I'm reading it, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I love the story. Wow, that's right. That's right. That character was there. And you're like, suddenly you're like, I don't know who wrote this, but I'm stealing this 
person's <laughs> 80,000 exactly. manuscript. You know, that's why, and I, I know I just go on and on about Stephen King, but that's such a, for me, it was such a helpful book. But that's why he says when you finish writing your story or your book or whatever, stick it in a drawer for six weeks. He said the pleasure you get from going back and reading it after time has passed. He said, you know, he, he reads his and it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually really good. And he, he's right because it's just, you put it aside, you're, you kind of start thinking about and doing other things. And then you go back and you're like, wow, I, I wrote this. And he said, it's like reading somebody else's stuff. So yeah, if you're that close, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. I just, it's, as you know, I have to read so many books to keep up with my podcast. Right. And I have all the interviews I need to do. So I'm still, there are so many things I still have to do to achieve. And now I'm throwing in, if I throw in the book in the mix, that's just, it's just adding on. It, it's a lot. You can, I wonder if you can plan ahead and like cut off like new podcasts or interviews or whatever. Like if you're going through March, then you can say, okay, I'm not going to take any more on. And in March, I'm going to go ahead and start reading my book. And then you could do your podcast about like the, the progress in the, in the stuff with your book. That would be interesting. Right. So, so you would be interested in hearing about my journey of writing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that would be very interesting, especially having started it so long ago and then going back and revisiting it and finishing it. That would, to me, that would be very interesting, you know, because it, we read stuff that, you know, other, other authors post and things and they put, talk about, they'll post memes and things. And it's because it's so dead on with something I'm going through or have gone through. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And it's very interesting to me. And it's kind of like, well, that's kind of cool that they suffer with me. <laughs> <laughs> because <this> company? <laughs> you know, some of the stuff I've written is phenomenal. And then some of the stuff is just absolute BS. It's just absolute crap. And so now I got to filter, take the phenomenal stuff, throw out the bad stuff, and then make the book. And I guess if I were to document this journey starting when I start, I think that might be a good way to even motivate myself because I'd be like, oh my gosh, I got to do a podcast on my writing journey. So then I've got to keep up with the writing. Then you could also, you know, when, um, like if you have an issue that you're running, running into and you don't, you know, you're stuck. Okay. What do I do about this? Or then, you know, people could probably offer suggestions from when they've gone through the same thing. They could, it would be an, an engaging too. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, some... I want to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? What is my book about? About. It's a small town drama. It's essentially about this doctor. He finds a mortally abused child walking along the highway. Oh. And so he picks her up. And then the story goes on that he wants to adopt her. And there's he already has a daughter. He doesn't have a wife. He's a widower. There's all of that kind of jazz. Town's talking. Good. 
<laughs> Your usual book, you know? Every every book you read is that, right? Uh, well, you know, it's all, there's got to be a story. You know, it's a story. Right. So that that is essentially the storyline. And I'm trying to figure it out because it's kind of heading in the direction of a bit of a romance. And I'm not a big romance person. So it's kind of like, uh, why is this going in this direction? So we'll see where it goes. Ah, the muse, the muse is taking you there. I'm not a big romance person either. I, I have a lot of friends that write romance and it's like, ah, I just can't, you know, I, I want to support everybody, but it's like, I just I don't read romance. It's just not my, it's not my thing, but it's very, very popular. In fact, I think that it's, I think I read somewhere that it's like the most popular genre, but I could be wrong, but you know, I'm, it's just, I, I'm more of a, um, you know, like Harry Potter and, you know, um, I, I like stories too, where, where there's like an underdog and they rise, rise up, you know, it's, um, not rags to riches necessarily, but, um, you know, where somebody's struggling and they come out on top, they overcome things. Right. I, I think romance is good. I think a little bit of romance in anything is, is okay because, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of my episodes on my podcast, I talk about how some romance is okay. This is when I was talking to my friend uh, Erin, and we talked about romance. And I said some romance is okay, but there was a book I read where an entire chapter was just pretty much this couple doing it. And I'm kind of like, that's not my style. Sorry. You know, I don't need that. Yeah, yeah, that's how I, you know, when I watched Game of Thrones, and I loved the story in Game of Thrones, and I've heard the books, well, I actually read a couple of the books. The books don't have all that, but I guess because it's HBO that does Game of Thrones, you know, there's a lot of nudity and stuff, and for me, my imagination can fill in the blanks. If I see two people, like, in the bedroom, and one of them starts taking their shirt off, I can figure out the rest. I don't need all that stuff. Right, exactly! Yeah, so it's like, I'm almost like embarrassed. It's almost like, I, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like learning math at school. I mean, the teachers are like, show me the workout before you get to the answer. We're like, we don't need that. I mean, we know the answer. It's fine. Skip right. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, is there anything else you want to talk about, about your book? Anything, bookish things? I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I think I just, I think you should net that, but you know, I can't tell you what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can, but. Well, it, you know, it's 80 some thousand words. That's a lot. That's, I mean, you're so close. Yeah. That's what, that's what another, um, the publisher in London said, uh, Claire Newton, the one I interviewed in my podcast, Mm -hmm. I've, yeah, she when she found out I had a book at eighty thousand, she's like, "Are you kidding me?" She's like, "All it takes is another twenty or, and I was like, "No, I don't think it'll be twenty. It'll be probably one hundred and fifty is what I'm envisioning it. But we'll see. We will see. i I feel that reading and then now podcasting has grounded me a lot. I used to be a total space cadet. Like I could not focus on anything. I'd be doing this. I'd be doing that. But for the first time in my life, I've been maintaining the podcast, and it's been regular. I haven't missed a single episode. That's awesome. But 
you can't be too much of a space cadet if you are a doctor, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that takes a lot of perseverance and, uh, concentration and things like that. That's hard. That's not an easy task. You know, just finishing college is not an easy task, let alone going on however many, what do you got to go at four extra years? I did, what did I do, four years dental school, and then I did one year of general practice residency, and I did two years of pediatric dentistry residency, so three extra years. Wow, yeah, see, that's, there's nothing space cadetty about that at all. Is that a word, space cadetty? It is um, now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can add that to your next book. I will, I will. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a perfect YA thing. I do have to say something about my name is Erin and my mom's an addict in that the first time I read it, I was like, okay, I liked it, but I had been comparing it to these crazy books, okay? But I was like trying to tell myself, no, it's a YA. It's supposed to be written in a YA format. It's supposed to be more simple, not as majorly convoluted and dark. And so recently I read another YA book and I thought to myself, well, this is just a genre. Based on this, I've got to change Amy Voltaire's uh, review to a five stars. I mean, just based on the YA category, oh, if I'm, <laughs> you know, I was like thinking to myself, you gave her four stars because you were comparing her to God knows what. But if you're going to compare with YA, if you're going to go apples to apples, then this deserves a five star. So I just thought I should let you know that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it was um, when I was writing it, it was I wasn't I, I don't want to say dumbing it down, but I didn't worry so much about prose or I'm not a very I'm not a very uh, I guess, so. you know, there's literature and then there's books and I'm not a very. A literature type of person. That's not how I write. I don't write beautiful prose and things that make people say, oh, that's so beautiful. She writes so beautifully. That's not me. Mm -hmm. With that particular book, I didn't, I didn't worry so much about trying to, I didn't have to build a world because, you know, the world was home and school and things like that. Right. So there wasn't a whole lot of description really that needed to go in there. And plus writing for teens, I thought, well, they're more interested in the people and what goes on with the people mm -hmm. than, than they are about how eloquently it's written. And I, I almost think that it's better. In fact, it, to me, it's better written the way it is for the audience that it's for because of the fact that I, I feel like I'm not wasting their time with things that they don't need or want to really know. You know, they're they're, they're teenagers, so it's um, it, it turned out okay. But you know, I never, I never wanted to write YA. I never thought about writing YA. It was just this the people in my life that were going through what they were going through, and I, I said, there's, there's nothing I couldn't find. I, I could find a lot of books about people who had written that they had been on drugs or like nonfiction books and things like that, memoirs stuff, memoir that word. And stuff like that, but I couldn't I couldn't find anything fiction for them. And then after I wrote the book and I went online, I found that book, uh, Hey Kiddo, which is a graphic novel by Jared. I cannot say his last name. It starts with a K. And don't know. 
Yeah, it's um, it was about he did a TED talk, and um, somebody told him you really need to write a book because his TED talk was about his experience. His mom was a heroin addict, and he lived with his grandparents. Oh wow! They raised him, and I said, "Oh my gosh, yay!" There's you know, there's another book about it. Mm-hmm. When I read it, I was like, "Oh good, I got some things right," you know, because I wasn't writing from the experience of having a drug addicted parent. My dad was an alcoholic, and then I've, I've known people who have been who have done heroin and stuff. So it helped because I could kind of pick their brains too about certain things that, you know, had to do with heroin. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I think that, uh, I, you know, I just, I'm getting old. I just totally. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not. You are not getting old. (laughs) We are not getting old. It's just right. What's that? Getting wise. We are getting wise. I I know that as we mature, our brains kind of are is able to write better. And we're like, oh, my gosh, now I've got all the stories and now I've got it. And, at, you know, it's kind of like I wish I had this when I was in my 20s. But that's just the way it is. As we get older, we're kind of more balanced out and we we can think it out and write it out. I, you know, I think that's kind of like a consolation prize for aging. yeah it's like when I was in my 20s you know I was young and my body was young and everything and physically everything was great but I didn't have a lot of what I have now so it's like you know it's always like a trade-off it's like okay you're getting old and you know you can't get around the joints are aching and everything but here you go have some have some more brain space and stuff right right what do they say um Something is wasted on the youth, like young age is wasted on the youth or something. Can't remember, but you're right. That's I remember that there's something I can't remember. Right. There is an expression that something's wasted on the youth. But I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look it up. I'll post yeah. it. I'll, I'll look it up and post. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yes. So um Amy, thank you so much for coming again on my podcast it's been a lot of fun talking to you it has i am so glad it's like it's like we're friends now so you know (laughs) over the over the time since april and that's one of the great things is instagram i I just the people you meet on there are wonderful yeah so i just want to say thank you for coming on and when your next book is coming out think about me so maybe we can do this again I absolutely will. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So I will uh, catch you on Instagram. So thank you again. Thank you. And don't forget about your book. And that's it for this time. I loved catching up with Amy and I hope you enjoyed our conversation also. Amy's book, My Name is Erin and My Mom is an Addict, is available on Amazon. Check it out. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. Mm-hmm.